So our subject, as you can see on the slide, is entitled God's Chosen People. So what we're going to do for a few moments this evening, just to go through step by step what constitutes someone being chosen. So we need to really look at what the Bible says, and this is our reading that we had. We always encourage people to open their Bibles. The slides are up there so you can see that they are there, but there is no substitute actually for turning these references up for yourselves. So we really need to wind the clock back and to consider these verses from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6 to 8. And this is God speaking through his prophet Moses in reminding his people why they were chosen, reminding them of their history and how they should walk before God in service. For you are a people holy to the Lord. The word there, holy, means separate. It's a very similar word mentioned in Leviticus chapter 20, when God says, I have severed you from other people that you should be mine. Isn't that beautiful? That, that word sever, I've cut you off from other people that you should be mine. That's the level of extent that God wanted to show how much he wanted this people to be his. For you are a people holy or separated to the Lord, your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people. Now, now when we look at God's word, every verse, every line, every word is so important. And as we study God's word, it's so important, actually, to pay close attention to detail, to read always with care. Nothing is wasted. The Lord has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. So, what a privileged thing. I've chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. So first and foremost, God is the one who does, does the, the choosing. Now, just as an aside, in the 21st century, people or leaders will make choices for different reasons. And actually, peoples or groups or nations will look upon themselves as being a chosen people now look at the difference throughout the course of history there have there have been those peoples or kindreds or nations who have chosen themselves as being a special chosen people or a chosen race for the following reasons it may be that they are a chosen race, a special race, because of the color of their hair. Or maybe even the color of their eyes. Or maybe even their stature. 
or maybe because they are a, a, a great and mighty people. So therefore, they are chosen because they are special. You understand? Ah, not so when God chooses. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Now, notice this. These chosen people, they're flawed. They are chosen out of weakness. Not because they are special, because they look special, that they have any beauty outwardly. Mark this. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people. Not because you're mighty or powerful or you have some external presence about you that makes you deserved to be called. Not at all. The Lord did not set his affection on you or choose you because you were more numerous than other people. For you were the fewest of all peoples. So notice, God would choose this group of people out of their weakness. When they had no strength or power of their own. Alright. So God has chosen them because he wanted to. He would set his affection on them because he wanted to. But it was because the Lord loved you. That verse 7 seems to imply, doesn't it, that actually they didn't deserve to be chosen. They didn't deserve to be loved. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath. He swore to your ancestors. So first and foremost, we understand that God had chosen this group of people in spite of their weaknesses. Another verse says, I chose you because I loved you. In fact, God says in another verse, I chose you not because you were greater than anybody else. In fact, God says, for thou art a stiff-necked people. <laughs> they couldn't turn the neck, you see, back to the things of God. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors. So, now we have to wind the clock back of time a little further. God is speaking to the people through Moses in about a million to about a million or so people in the wilderness. And God is saying, I have chosen you because I loved you and I want to keep the oath that I swore to your ancestors. So, who are the ancestors of this particular people? Well, we need to think about the fact that God chose or called a man called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. From a land of Mesopotamia. And the word Mesopotamia, you may know, means the land between the two rivers. 
the river Tigris and the river Euphrates. And what the verses show us is that God called Abraham. Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac had a son called Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. And Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so the oath or the promises that were given to their ancestors, God would hold as being so important. And so to understand what those oaths are, what those promises are, we need to go back to the days of Abraham. The oaths, the oath, the promises to Abraham. This is right at the very center of God calling a chosen people. And the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 says that God called Abram out of the land of Ur the Chaldees to a land that he knew not. He went in faith. Genesis 12 verse 2. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whosoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. This is right now at the origin of the oath. The promises made to Abram all those centuries earlier. And this then is the thing that constituted God's people, being a chosen people. And God said, I will make Abraham into a great nation. And so he calls him, this one man, to follow in faith. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, reminds us and reveals to us these promises that God would bring to bear in the life of Abraham and his descendants. And through Abraham, God would make a great nation. His descendants, his offspring would become a great nation. And they would be a chosen people. Not because they were stronger, not because they were more numerous than anybody else, but because God loved them. And God had made the oath or the promises to Abraham. So, the blessings that God would give to Abraham. What does the word blessings mean? It means God's favor and protection. We just need to pigeonhole that in our minds. God's favor and protection so here then god is speaking to one man one individual abram i'm going to give you these wonderful promises so what we're going to do now is to break down go back to genesis chapter 12 and i've color coded them so it's easier on the eye hopefully so you can see that these 
promises that God made to Abram are so important. Genesis 12 verse 2. Uh, verse, uh, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whosoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now that last promise there, in blue, is where we fit in. And all peoples on earth, you and I, will be blessed through you. So in Genesis chapter 12, they are, there are seven. Seven promises that God made to Abram. And as we go through the chapters of Genesis, those promises are expanded and built upon and revealed a little more in the life of Abram. So it's important to remember that these seven, initial seven promises, are the fundamental bedrock principles which are so important for us to understand these promises and why God chose a special people. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples will be blessed. God's favor and protection we also can have a part of. Verse 4 of Genesis 12. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Now did you notice something quite wonderful? Verse 1 of chapter 12, there is a call for faith. Hebrews 11 says, by faith. By faith. The Lord had said to Abraham, go. So God had required Abraham to show his faith by putting it into action. And then in verse 4 of Genesis 12, there is an act of faith. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. A call for faith. And then there has to be an act of faith. And sandwiched between verse 1, the call for faith, and an act of faith, so Abraham went, as the Lord had commanded him, there has to be the understanding of the, print, of the, the promises. Isn't that lovely? It's as if Abraham, in his life, the call for faith and an act of faith, they're almost like, like bookends, if you like. And, or, and sandwiched between those bookends are those seven promises. And that's so important, isn't it? And as, as Christadelphians, we hold the promises that God made to the fathers as being a fundamental principle in understanding the gospel message, the true gospel message. And so it's there in, in a, a lovely cameo picture, isn't it? It's like that for ourselves in our lives. There, there must be a call. God calls us to show our faith. 
God calls us in verse 1. And then in verse 4, we have to act upon that faith. We have to act upon the understanding of those seven promises in verse 2, 3, and 4. And to understand in particular, I'm going to suggest, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Something would happen in the lineage of Abraham that would cause you and I, Gentile nations, not physically part of the family line, the literal family line of Abraham, that we also can have a wonderful blessing. So we move there to Genesis 12. So let's break it down. Here are the promises again in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And, and this is it for us again, remember. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham, your descendants will be a chosen people, but that special people, that process of being chosen will be extended to the Gentiles, non-Jews. You and I can also participate in these amazing blessings, promises. So, I've just superimposed this map. He goes up from Ur of the Chaldees, up into Haran, and down into the land of Canaan. He travelled approximately 1,500 miles. And just to superimpose this modern day map on top of it, keeping the right scale, gives you a rough idea, through Iraq, up to Syria, down into Israel. Around 1,500 miles. What an act of faith. Trusting in God. So we move from Genesis chapter 12. We go over to chapter 13. All the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your offspring forever verse 16 i will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust then your offspring could be counted so these promises based in in chapter 12 are opened there are they are expounded upon go Walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Chapter 12, chapter 13. All the land that you see, I will give it to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. I am giving it to you. So notice how God reliterates these promises, expounds upon them, chapter 12 and chapter 13. Chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 15, 
opens up the promises a little more. On that day, the Lord made a covenant, this is it, a covenant, an oath with Abraham and said, To your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. So, chapter 12, the promises, chapter 13, the promises, chapter 15, a bit more of the promises. Now there is a specific location in terms of the border of the land. And God says to Abraham, I'm going to give you this land to your, and your descendants forever. Chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 15, chapter 17. See how God is driving home the oath. The promises. Now, when I came to understand God's word, the truth of it, the thing that really bowled me over were the promises. And those who will listen to this talk after today, maybe different parts of the world, I don't know, ask yourself the question, those who speak to you about God's word, do they talk about the promises? Do they talk about the promises? And if not, why not? Let's continue, and we're going to ask that question again. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, foreigner, a stranger, means actually that you don't belong there. Your citizenship is not there. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an ev everlasting, an everlasting possession to you, to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. So how did I, did, how did, Abram understand that. An ever an everlast an everlasting? Why, if you have something which is everlasting, and if you will own it, it actually means that somehow you will be living forever in order to have that possession forever. And I will be their God. And God promises that Abraham would be in make will actually become a great would be the father of a great nation to come. God's chosen people. So here what it says again in chapter 17: I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. Chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 15, chapter 17, chapter 22. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. You couldn't get a greater contrast, could you? The stars and the sand. Multitudes of people. 
And some have suggested that Abraham's natural seed was represented as the sand upon the seashore. And Abraham's spiritual seed, those who are not biologically tied to Abraham, as the stars. The Gentile nations. You and I. Having the chance of being part of the family of Abraham. Because you remember that? Last promise in chapter 12. And through thee and through thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. So, what is that blessing? How can what was said so many years ago to Abraham, what, what bearing has that got in my life? What, what does it mean to me? How does it work? And through your offspring, seed, as in a person or individual, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now that verse there is so important. And through your offspring, what God is saying is, there would come someone, an individual in the family line of Abraham who would cause who would do something who would cause all nations of the earth to be blessed it's talking about one individual seeds as in one singular and what that is saying in Genesis chapter 22 God is saying to Abraham Someone will be born in your family line. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And through his death and resurrection would cause all families of the earth to be blessed. In other words, that is the gospel. The forgiveness of sins. The prospect of having your sins forgiven. And through his work would cause all families of the earth to be blessed. If they believe and if they understand. This is what we call the gospel message. And through your offspring, as in a person or individual, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because you have obeyed me. You see how powerful that is? That Abraham had a wonderful revelation of the gospel message. That someone would come, an individual would come in his family line that would work a wonderful work so that nations would have a chance of being adopted into the family line of Abraham and as a consequence of that, also receive the promises Romans chapter 4 verse 13. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. That's amazing, isn't it? So many people, sadly, 
believe that when you die, you go to heaven. What does the Lord pr Lord's Prayer say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there it is again in Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Abraham is heir of the world. Jesus says in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, we don't go to heaven when we die. The Lord is returning to the earth to set up his kingdom on earth. And Abraham will be heir of the world. Now just mark that please. If Abraham will inherit the earth, he's heir of the world. If we are adopted into the family line of Abraham, what does that mean? We are heirs, joint heirs, the Bible says. That's important. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, now this is the Apostle Paul writing to Jews, but predominantly Gentiles. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't that spectacular? Here were God's chosen people, the Jewish race as a nation. Here were the Gentiles. The promises that God made to Abraham and to his descendants through baptism, through an understanding of the true gospel message, through faith, through baptism, we also can be adopted to share those great and precious promises. And as a result of that, we also become a chosen people. Not because we have done anything mighty for our own strength, not because we look attractive, not because we are numerous in number, but because God loved us. Isn't that marvelous? So how do we become adopted into the family line of Abraham? Through baptism. Through going under into that watery grave, as it were. Having our sins washed away and rising up and walking in newness of life, the Bible says. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And this is the point. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, descendants, offspring, family, and heirs, according to the promise. So through baptism, we are adopted to become a chosen people because God loved us not because we deserve it Galatians 3.16 the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed scripture does not say and to seeds meaning many people but and to your seed meaning one person who is Christ so what that verse is showing that God made a promise to Abraham that one day the Lord Jesus Christ would come through his genealogy and through his death and resurrection 
all nations of the earth would be blessed. The opportunity of having your sins forgiven. Here it is. So Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are the children of Abraham. It's rather like one of the first references we looked at in chapter 12. Verse 1, the core for faith. Verse 4, the act of faith. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are the children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. So the Gentiles, you and I, those who are non-Jews biologically, how are we justified? How are we made right with God? Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. I remember somebody once said, justify. Justified never sinned. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. And proclaimed, here it is, the gospel in advance to Abraham. Now we talk about the word gospel, the gospel in the New Testament, the word gospel means good news. But actually the origins of the true gospel are found way there, back there in in Genesis chapter 12. This for Abraham and for all his descendants, this was the true gospel message that in centuries to come, God would cause that Gentiles would understand and have the prospect of that blessing, that, that favor, that undeserved favor, we might say. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel in advance to Abraham, saying, all nations will be blessed through you. So this is a very good example, isn't it, of allowing scripture to interpret scripture. These are not my words. This is what the apostle Paul is saying, and he puts it in a nutshell. And proclaim the gospel in advance to Abraham, saying... All nations will be blessed through you. That is the gospel. That is a cameo picture. That is the gospel in a nutshell. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. The Bible says that Abraham is the father of the faithful. So, it's been expanded. It's been expanded, isn't it? The call or the, the, the chosen people in God's plan and purpose can also be you and me. Now, isn't that exquisite? That is the gospel. To be able to have our sins forgiven. That's what makes us chosen. Because we understand God's truth. That's a picture again of God's people in the Old Testament, isn't it? They were to be special because God had given them a special law. They were custodians of God's truths. That's what made them special. 
Because God set his love on them. Romans 4.11, the father of the faithful. That's what it says. Hebrews 11, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. The first seven people in Hebrews 11, the first six are male and the seventh is a female. Sarah, wonderful examples of faith in Hebrews 11. And actually, I think the most important word in Hebrews 11 is not faith at all, actually. I think it's by, by faith. They put it into practice by what they did. And these all died in faith, not having received the promises. Well, Abraham, when he died, he received nothing, did he? Nothing, apart from a piece of, uh, a piece of land, the cave of Machpelah, to bury Sarah, his wife. He received nothing. Oh, but he will get his inheritance upon the resurrection. So now, as I said... Those who will hear this talk, the scriptural truths. Are you taught that when you die, you go to heaven? Or are you taught about the promises, upon the resurrection? These all died in faith. Abraham received nothing. Oh, but mark my words, he will. An everlasting possession. It's about the resurrection from the dead, isn't it? 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Oh, Peter really expounds this further. He doesn't call them promises or olds. He has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, you... Now, Peter is writing particularly to the Gentiles. Remember? I can't remember offhand, but it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. He's talking to the Gentiles, primarily. And he's saying to them, you Gentiles, you are now adopted into the promises. He has given us his very great and precious promises. The group of people that talk to you about the Bible, do they talk to you about the great and precious promises? So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. What is the divine nature? So through the mechanism of the promises, Jew and Gentile can participate have a part of share in the divine the, di the divine nature sharing God's immortality now when was the last time you heard people around you talk about the promises like that that through you and through your seed shall all families of the earth be blessed there it is that we also might participate in everlasting life the divine nature god's nature untouched unhindered by by sin and death well that, that that's the take-home point for me you know the promises 
For all the land which seest, that seest to these will I give it and to thy seed forever. These now are the promises, the oaths given to the fathers. To Abraham, to Isaac, the same thing. To Jacob, the same thing. To Abraham, Genesis 13. To Isaac, Genesis 26. To, to Jacob, Genesis 28. Abraham, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. He mentions it to Isaac. He reliterates it in Jacob. These are the oaths given to Abraham, reliterated in Isaac, expounded upon in Jacob. These are the fundamental principles of the promises in Genesis chapter 12, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 15, chapter 17, chapter 28, chapter 26, and so on and so forth. Brought through, given to the fathers. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. So what do we say what the word blessings mean? It means God's favor and protection. So what constitutes then God's chosen people? Colossians says, Therefore, now he's writing to Jews and Gentiles, the Apostle Paul, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, there that's word again, separate, holy and dearly loved. Remember, God chose you because he loved you. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Did you notice how, because in the Old Testament, God showed and wanted to choose them because he had compassion and kindness toward them. That is almost a reciprocal thing, isn't it? Because I have showed compassion and kindness. God says, dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. That's how we now adopt the, the nature of God. Now, even in our mortal state. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God is saying, because I have chosen you, act as if you've been chosen. What a wonderful thing. Because I've forgiven you, forgive others. Through you, through what has been done, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Again, but you are a chosen people, 1 Peter. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. He's talking to Jews and Gentiles alike, coming under the same family through baptism into the family line of Abraham. That you may declare. If you've been chosen, talk about it. Preach to people, talk about it. Don't just sit on it. Talk about it, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once, now this is the point, once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once you were in darkness, 
aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel without hope in the world. Ah, but now you have been brought nigh by the blood of Christ. That the middle wall of partition has been broken down and we can be part of that family. Isn't that wonderful? So we'll stop there. So the point and the principle in all this is twofold for me. Firstly, do you want to participate in everlasting life? Secondly, do the people around you, are they talking to you about the, the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? This is a fund, it is an integral part in the true gospel message. Read it, try and understand it, talk about it, and look to that day when the Lord Jesus Christ will return to this earth and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the faithful will be raised to life eternal on this earth. Thank you for your listening.